You're listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Welcome to the latest edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am your host, Dan Myler. With me again, as always, this week, Ryan McDowell and Matt Price. Fellas, how is the off-season, quote-unquote off-season, treating us? It's good. It's good. It's it's dispersal season in my league. Yeah, yeah, you're firing off dispersals left and right in the kitchen sink leagues and and such, Ryan. So all the owners that are attached to Ryan in in his leagues are getting lots of action right now. Matt, you got a lot of the same going on with yours, uh, as we say over here at DLF. There is no off season, right? That's true. Yeah, mine uh, mine are all wrapped up for my for my uh, the two red list leagues. But uh, you know, I'm always flirting with making red list three. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. How motivated motivated I am in a couple of months. I think you got a couple of startup ideas brewing too, Dan. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I always do. Uh, you know, taking the plunge is the thing. So everybody, get on Twitter and, and hit up Matt at Matt Price FF and let him know to start that up. Get it going. All of us want to see an RL three. Uh, let's talk news. I know it's not a a normal thing for us here on the DLF Dynasty podcast, Matt, but with Antonio Brown barking at everybody that will listen on social media, we better touch on it briefly. He looks like it's just a matter of time till he leaves Pittsburgh. There's so many questions with this for Dynasty owners because, you know, if it's not his age and, you know, the impending production faltering that we expect out of Brown because of the, you know, 30-year-old landmark and everything. If that's not enough, there's also now all this craziness, these posts, that he's, these videos, he's giving himself new crazy <laughs> nicknames. Are we concerned that this could linger, that this could be something that is more than just an off-season uh, gimmick to get the, get paid or find a new team? Are, are you concerned that this is maybe even a mental thing or something that dynasty owners should be steering clear of going forward. I mean, I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know, but it does seem like he is, he is going insane a little bit, right? Like, yeah, it's almost that's like, what it feels I mean, like to me. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, I mean, I, I want to say, I want to say it's not going to affect his legacy, but it kind of is a little bit right. I mean, who knows what he's going to be able to do on a new team. If they're going to want to put up this, this locker room nonsense is off the field nonsense. Like, just seems like he's decided that he's the king of the world and he's going to do whatever he wants. And I mean, I guess he is, but uh, he might. I don't. I don't think he's going to have trouble finding a suitor. But who knows, man? Uh, in, t- in terms of like ideal landing spots, just from if we're talking about just his his game on the field. I mean, there, it seems like there's an awful lot of teams that could use wide receivers. Surprising, honestly, when I was going through the list, you know, Washington has nobody. San Francisco certainly could use somebody. Uh, you know, Carolina, they could use an alpha there. Titans could use an alpha. Ravens certainly could use somebody. So uh, I feel like there's a lot of places he could go. Arizona, if he really wants to just sell out and only cares about money. I guess it just kind of depends on what he wants. It seems like he wants money and doesn't necessarily care about the rings. I know I'm I'm speculating there. Who knows what he actually wants. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of teams that could use his his talents for for sure. Just he's got to get his head on his shoulders and and go make something happen. It'll be interesting. I think that's going to be really fun, something fun to watch going forward. Yeah, they the teams want the talent, but I don't know if they want this baggage. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> but so is it as bad as To? Like it's, it's different than To, right? Like he's no, not, it feels like that. It feels like it's crescendoing it? okay. to the To level and and all that stuff. But it seems out of control at the this difference. Point to me. 
it, maybe I'm no. I think it's pretty wild but. too. To me, the difference is when you're talking about To. One To was like that throughout his entire career, right? You you took the right, you right. took the bad with right. the good, and you knew you, you knew what you were getting for better or worse. With AB, whether it's I don't know what it, that's kind of why it, you mentioned the the mental stuff. That's why it feels like that because we haven't seen this throughout his entire career. And um, I mean, I've heard kind of whispers about what type of guy he was to, to media or in the locker room or whatever. But I mean, this was a guy who had big time national endorsements. He was a guy who was um, obviously had the on-field production and, and fantasy production for years and years. And I think the general feel about him was that he was a good guy. He was a guy you, you rooted for. And now it really, does, it really does kind of feel like he's just lost it. This, this is the first time in, in Dynasty where I like, feel like I kind of don't want AB on my team. <laughs> I, know, I, I, I just don't. He's such a wild card. I don't know what's going to happen with him. Like, I feel like if I could move him for even like early second-round startup value, oh, I probably I would, would at I this would point. I would easily. I mean, he's, he's almost out of the second round in startup if you're looking at, a, at recent ADP. So, yeah, if you're, getting, if you're getting late first, early second round, I think you, you almost have to just to get out of that and avoid all the, uh, all the questions that Dan talked about at the beginning. Yeah, you know, Ryan, you mentioned that because he's always been on the field and always put up the numbers and stuff, that dynasty owners have, have maybe been able to ignore those rumblings or those rumors or whispers or whatever you may want to call them. And, you know, I think that we saw some signs in 2018 of it affecting the on-field part, though. And, and sure, it happened in Week 17 that that was the week that he missed and he left at halftime. And then there was the throwing Big Ben and the coaching staff under the bus and all that. So it didn't affect us as fantasy players, really, that he wasn't on the field. But maybe that's the free pass red flag that some of us need to realize that it is affecting the on-field. It is affecting and potentially affecting future numbers that we expect from a guy like Antonio Brown, who's been so consistent and put up such elite numbers for such a long period of time. And like I said, consistently, that it's easy to look past that stuff, but when, when they're just compounded on top of each other, it feels like way too many red flags to ignore. And, and like you said, Matt, I'm ready to sell my shares of Antonio Brown and move on because it, it's just not an investment that seems wise to me at this point. How how low would he have to get, uh, I don't know how you want to say it, ADP-wise uh, or market value-wise, how low do you think he would have to get for you to reverse course and, and, and buy him? Well, R- Ryan, you already said that he's he's already falling out of the second round or towards the end of the second round, so... That puts him in the Amari Cooper range, in the Adam Thielen range, I guess. Th- those are the types of names that I start, I'm starting to feel like I'd rather have the security of Adam Thielen and the youth, I guess, still of Amari Cooper than invest in Antonio Brown, who at 30 is going to be at the tail end and, and has all these question marks. So I think it would have to fall relatively drastically, really, looking at ADP, to go down another round, are we going to start trading guys like Darius Geis or On Johnson or Sony Michelle for him? Man, that you know, we get into a lot of young names that I've, I'm interested in and, and don't really necessarily need a 30-year-old wide receiver in that ro- with that roster spot. 
If someone came to you right now and said 104 for Antonio Brown, are you taking that? Oh, that, see, that's that's a farther fall now. Um, you're talking about these rookie receivers then, and and maybe maybe you like one of those guys or like the guy that you're going to get at 104. But it feels to me, if I own him, like I could get more than that. Like I don't think you're getting multiple firsts anymore, right? I think you could maybe if you're talking about current first, uh, and and we know the position. I mean, I think one four and one twelve is a possibility, something like that, or certainly any two picks in the yeah. back half. Yeah, or or a mid first and a future first that we we're not quite sure what that's going to be. Uh, it seems like you could still pull something like that, or like we were talking about earlier, the veteran, a, a guy who's already in the league that that can that can contribute maybe a younger guy it seems like i'd rather go yeah. that route the, maybe the thing that we're kind of maybe not forgetting i mean you we've mentioned it here already in, in this episode but brown is 30 years old you know if everything was just continuing as it has basically his entire career he would be losing value just based on that and now if you tell me okay he's right. going to be changing teams this year and as of right now we don't know what that situation is and he's and he's not a free agent. He doesn't get to choose his, his own uh, situation, his own new team. Okay, that's going to hurt his value a little bit more. So just based on those two things alone, he's losing value. And then add in this off-field stuff or attitude or whatever, whatever you want to label it. I mean, it's hard to keep him in the top 30. George Kittle is George Kittle's the 30th player on our list in ADP right now. Right, and you want that young guy. You want that youth over a 30-year-old receiver with off-field problems and question marks surrounding him as to who he's going to be throwing him passes and things like that. You know, we see all the like ideal landing spots for Antonio Brown. Every, everybody wants to talk uh, talk about him landing with the 49ers and catching passes from Garoppolo and you know people dreaming about him teaming up with Tom Brady and you know all those things. And yeah, I get it, but Matt, you mentioned it. There, there's a pretty big likelihood that a team with a lot of cap space and a lot of room comes from nowhere, like the Cardinals or the Raiders or you know, the Dolphins right. or something like that, the Redskins. And suddenly it's not Big Ben throwing him the football. Suddenly it's Tannehill or whoever they draft or, or you know one of the rookies from last year or car in Oakland you know there's just so many question marks that like I said earlier it feels like I'd be selling and like you said Ryan feels like we maybe should be selling anyway even if and he this wasn't is a team in the Steelers that over the past week or so when when Le'Veon Bell news has come out they've been called a spiteful team by pretty much everyone right they're considering uh giving uh, giving Bell the transition tag just to essentially screw him over for lack of better word are they gonna send bell to san francisco i'm sorry are they gonna send ab to san francisco where he wants to go no no and they're surely not sending they're sending him to, him to whatever they view as the worst situation that comes in with it with a realistic offer it, it would be a terrible situation but how fun would it be to see larry fitzgerald and antonio brown in the same field come on well, there's a there's a quarterback out in the desert that would be <laughs> awfully happy, grinning from ear to ear. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the, I guess the the brunt of our episode here this week, fellas. Uh, we're gonna do a 2019 free agency preview episode, but we're gonna do it with a twist instead of just talking about 
all the players. We're going to hold a draft of all fantasy-relevant free agents that are currently free agents or expected to be free agents. Uh, Ryan, you have the first pick. Matt, you'll go second, and I will go third. We will snake through, get through as many of these free agents as we want. And as we go through, we'll talk about potential landing spots, what we like and don't like about their past and future potential uh, places that they will play or have played. Um, of course, there's there's a lot to be digested still over the next month or so. Um, we still There's going to be tags given out. We're not sure if any of these guys could get a franchise or transition tag. Maybe that's unlikely with the players we're talking about, That, but that's there's the potential of that for sure. Um, so this list could change, of course, and, and the deadline for those tags isn't until March 5th. But let's get our preview started here, Ryan. Uh, you created the, or I mean, you went and found a website to find our uh, order for drafting. You didn't create it. Of course you wouldn't do that. But somehow you got the number one pick and the and the layup of the group. Who are you going to take at one? Yeah, it was just, just totally by chance that I got the first pick. Um <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Le'Veon Bell as as the first pick. You know, guys, we were I mean, we were talking, and normally free agency is something we all look forward to as dynasty players and as NFL fans, and it just doesn't carry the uh, the appeal that it normally does. Uh, everybody wants to know where Le'Veon Bell is going to end up, but after that, it, it gets pretty ugly. So maybe we'll see some some roster cuts, some players. Uh, as cap casualties that add to to the depth of this class, but it's pretty gross right now, and, and Bell is pretty clearly the top choice when it comes to uh, fantasy players. It, it does worry me a little that it seems like the team that we hear him tied to most often or predicted uh, to land with most often is the Jets. I don't necessarily view that as a good landing spot for him. Uh, Tampa Bay would be a little more interesting, especially with their their coaching hire this offseason. Where do you guys see Bell landing? I like him at the I like him with the Eagles still. I, I think the Bucks is interesting, but I really like that Eagles landing spot for him. Stays in stays in the same state, not too far to go. Uh, he seems to like that area. Um, we'll, we'll kind of hopefully stay out of trouble and uh, without going to like South Beach or, or sorry uh, or Tampa. You know, it can get a lot a lot of trouble there off the field. So I, I still kind of like the Eagles as, as if he wants to go win a championship. I kind of feel like that's his, his best bet. And I think for dynasty owners, maybe we should. Yeah, I like the Eagles and sure. I like the Bucks. Those, those seem like good landing spots. Uh, the team that really sticks in my mind is the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, not only because of, you know, their history of being a run first team, but that quarterback there, the potential for him to get lots of touches and check downs, play that same kind of role that he has in Pittsburgh. I could see him in, in a Baltimore uniform and, and playing that revenge factor a couple of times a year. That seems like the place where I think Bell could really flourish. That would that would be a fun one for sure. And uh, speaking of the whole spiteful angle, if if he gets his choice, that that would make sense. All right, Matt, you're up with the second pick. And just before Matt makes that selection, we're going to assume Superflex in this as well, so we can involve some quarterbacks. So all the quarterbacks uh, that are hitting free agency that are going to make a big splash for us in Dynasty next year <laughs> are available here for for you, Matt. 
Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to running back, however, and it's it's a it's it's a close call for these two for me, but I'll go with Tevin Coleman as a second option off the board. And and I do like him in in either Baltimore or um or, or for the Eagles, I guess. The Bucks are fine too. Uh, I don't think he should go to Indianapolis, but you know, one of those th- those teams that that look like they're going to really compete and have really nothing else at running back. You know, who knows what's going to happen with Ronald Jones? I'm I'm not going to buy back in on that. So he's interesting there. Uh, uh, you know, again, the spiteful angle. Like go to the the in division rival there uh, across from Atlanta and Tampa. Um, but I, I kind of just I kind of feel like the Ravens are such a good fit for either he or or the next guy I think is going to get taken. So I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I like the Ravens there. I like the Ravens for Coleman too. Um, you mentioned the Colts as a team you wouldn't want him to go to, and I agree with that as well. He just seems too much like Marlon Mack to me. Yep, exactly. um, so I, I do think he would be a good fit in Baltimore. Javorius Allen is also a free agent. Uh, probably safe to say he won't be back. So whether it's Kenneth Dixon or Gus Edwards, who's kind of the, the hammer there, Coleman could fit pretty well as a compliment in Baltimore or as as kind of the lead back it, would have to see how that would work out. Yeah, you know, when I look at Coleman, because of what happened in 2018 after the Freeman injury, I have a hard time seeing him as that top guy in the depth chart, the guy that's going to be on the field for two and a half or three snaps uh, or three downs. He doesn't seem like that guy to me anymore. And, you know, that's, that's a big change from what a lot of us, including myself, were thinking a year ago. So when you were just saying as a compliment, Ryan, that that's how I see him now, and and maybe that's a little short sighted. Maybe maybe I'm I have a little bit of recency bias when I when I take a look at him and and kind of come to that conclusion. So I have a little bit of a hard time placing that top potential landing spot for Coleman. I guess it'd be fine. I, I understand what you're saying about the Colts. That that seems all right. The Ravens seem like if they get the thumper along with him or have that guy that they want to hand to on first down, maybe Coleman could be that second and third down guy. Uh, you know, the Jets you mentioned earlier, there's opportunities there. So maybe that creates a little bit of a dynasty value or, or a spike in his dynasty value, I guess. Um I really have a hard time with Coleman. I, I don't get a good feel for where I want him to land. And, and I have him in a couple of places, so, so that doesn't bode well for me. Uh, that puts me on the clock third, and I'm going to go back to the running back position as well. I'm going to take Mark Ingram here, and I think it's obvious his best potential landing spot. It's to land back in New Orleans with the Saints and continue with that role that he played uh, over the last couple of years with Kamara and he being that one-two punch and, and kind of um, ruling that backfield together. Now, I know Ingram didn't have the same role that he had in Kamara's rookie year and, and the suspension played a part of that early in the season when he came back. He, he was kind of up and down, but it's obvious that that coaching staff believes in Ingram and they see him as a very, very strong compliment and, and maybe the the thunder to Kamara's lightning in that backfield. If they could keep that together for at least a couple more seasons, I think that creates the best value for us dynasty owners with Ingram. I definitely agree there. I just, I don't know if he wants to come back. It seems like he wants a shot at at being the lead guy again. And that's why I keep coming back to Baltimore and Philadelphia for him. Um, But for our dynasty purposes, I think you're right. I think, I think it, 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 it should be one of those places. I just, I don't know. I don't think he, 
necessarily wants to come back. He seems like seems like Peyton is not a fan of his, and he's not a fan of Peyton. Well, we also saw the the recent comments from him that said he's not, he's not afraid to bet on himself. So yeah, exactly. that's a you know whether that's a precursor to him leaving New Orleans or not. What would really be interesting is, of course, if he does leave, who do the Saints add? Because that player would would obviously immediately gain some value. The ghost of Jonathan Williams is coming back. Oh. <laughs> Fool me once. <laughs> and he did. It, yes. it, you know, I, I hate to say it because I, I like Ingram a lot. And I like his game and I like what he puts on film. And I like the fantasy points that he posts for us as dynasty owners. But he, he reminds me a little bit of Carlos Hyde. And, and Hyde hit free agency a year ago. And kind of bumbled and stumbled his way to Cleveland and then got played out of a job immediately uh, by a big-time rookie that comes in. And it seems like Ingram could potentially take that same path. Maybe he wants to find that the grass is greener on the other side and, and find that team that's going to make him the, the bell cow or the number one guy. But just because he signs with one of those teams, uh, maybe one of those that you mentioned there, Matt, it seems like they could quickly sign a or, or pick a rookie and suddenly things go downhill. So I'm a little bit leery of Ingram's value overall. I, I would feel a whole lot better if he just re-signed in New Orleans. So I'm going to be back on the clock at four. I, I feel, I don't know if you guys agree, that those were the obvious three top choices. Uh, after that, things get a little bit muddied. Um, and there's are certainly some decisions to be made. I'm going to take the plunge here at four and take Nick Foles because we are assuming super flex. I uh, considered him at three, but thought Ingram has, I guess, the higher upside. I'm a little, I'm a believer in what Foles has done in the last couple of years, backing up Carson Wentz and, and the big games and, uh, or the big numbers in big games. I think he can take that somewhere else. Now, he has to land in the right spot, it seems like to me. I'd like to see him with a uh, a very good offensive coordinator or head coach that has a history of playing to the strengths of their quarterbacks. Um, obviously, everything in the news points to Jacksonville being interested and uh, you know maybe there's mutual interest that was in the news over the last few few weeks as well i'm you know the landing spot is a big question mark with Foles, but it feels like he's the guy who should be fourth yeah I, I definitely agree i was i was hoping he would somehow fall to my next pick and uh, it it would be i guess it will be the theme of the rest of this show and this exercise that 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 just shows how rough this class is i was really hoping for nick Foles. <laughs> He, he, I like him in Washington. You mentioned a strong offensive coordinator. It seems like he might be able to do something with 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 Jay Gruden there. I mean, this the, the issue with them is though that they just they don't have any weapons. So hopefully that changes in the draft or some of these uh, wide receivers that we're going to talk about at some point. I'm sure, uh, but, but you know, there's not not any any super studs there either. So uh, you would think they would have to invest heavily at that position in the draft if they can somehow solve their quarterback question through free agency with a guy like Foles. Yeah, and with Foles, you know, like I said, there's so many question marks of the potential landing spots. You see Washington and you see Jacksonville everywhere. You also see Miami from time to time to time, maybe the Giants as well. I don't I don't really, you know, it's hard to find fall in love with any of them. 
um, because there's always a roadblock, whether it be another quarterback already being in place or those lack of weapons in, in some places. I'm, I just keep my fingers crossed that as a dynasty owner that has him in a few places, hoping he finds the right fit with the right coach and, and a couple of weapons already in place so he can kind of recapture some of that magic. Matt, you're up at five. I'm going to take uh, a quarterback, too. I'm going to go to Tyrod Taylor, a guy that I am notoriously in, in love with here. I love Tyrod. I always have. I think he's gotten a raw deal pretty much wherever he's gone. Um, and I see, uh, it, obviously not exactly the same player, but going back to Jacksonville, let's uh, rekindle a little bit of the David Garrard love, right? Uh, a, a, kind of a gritty uh, a running quarterback that can make some plays with his feet and still uh, make make plays downfield too as well with those uh, those, those deep receivers like D.D. Westbrook and uh, Marquise, uh, Marquise Lee hopefully will be back. Um, Dante Moncrief, we'll see if he if he makes a return or not. I kind of don't think so. Um, and then you know DJ Chark, maybe somehow he gets unlocked. So I really like uh, I really like Tyrod to the Jaguars as kind of a. I guess I guess he's going to be another stopgap role for him while they search for their their replacement there. Yeah, I like that. I like that call. And when you look at the receivers, the running backs that are left, yeah, there's just, there's just not really much. So if you're <laughs> if you're thinking about that superflex format and you're choosing one of these guys, then taking a shot on a guy like Tyrod landing a starting job, even if it's for a season or or maybe even half a season, uh, it probably makes sense at this point. I think the biggest takeaway through five picks on this thing is is if you're a fan of a specific franchise and are hoping that they get that impact offensive weapon to uh, to take you to the ne- your offense to the next level, it better be Le'Veon Bell or or, or you're on the outside <laughs> looking in. Ryan, you're up at six. Yeah, that's that's the bad news. I have to pick two of these players. Um, I thought I thought we could get through. 20 or, or, or 24 picks. We, I don't know. We might have to end this right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm, I'm going to pick a couple. I'm going to first take who I think is, is the best receiver in the class, which is golden Tate. Um, I've actually seen a little bit of talk or, or, uh, conjecture that maybe he would be a good fit with, uh, you're all's Packers in green Bay. I would like that. Of course, they are probably losing uh, another free agent, Randall Cobb, and they've they've got the young guys they drafted last year. But who who knows if they're really ready? They were, all, all of those guys were kind of up and down last year. So Tate is the kind of guy who could slide right into a contender, a potential contender like that, and and, and see a starting role for one or two more years. So Tate is the easy one, uh, and then it gets a little messy after that. I think well. What do you, I don't know. What do you would you as as Packers fans would you want Golden Tate? Let's go there. I don't mind it as long as he's you know relatively cheap. I think he probably still has more left to offer than than Cobb does at this point, and can kind of play a similar role. I, I like. I mean, I like the move when he went to Philadelphia. Honestly, it just didn't work out. So, uh, and you know, in Detroit and that, and that offense, I think he still could have been a you know a ninety catch receiver. Not necessarily going to hit that in Green Bay, probably with uh, the more emphasis on the running game with Lafleur there. But yeah, I don't mind that as kind of a safety valve at all for like kind of a compliment to Devontae Adams, and then you can have uh, ESB or or Valdez Scandling on the other side. So yeah, I don't hate that at all as long as he's he's relatively cheap. You said ESB or Valdez Scantling, but you meant to Kalen Metcalf or Ankeel. 
I don't think they're going to draft one of those guys, Dan. But <laughs> hey, uh, you know, I, we we need edge rushing so bad and edge rusher so bad. So I, I think that's going to be the top. That thing. is kind of the reality that that these NFL teams face when you look at the at the wide receiver class, uh, which which does have some nice depth. And I mean, you're going to get maybe an AJ Brown or maybe even a Nikhil Harry potentially in the second round or or certainly guys like Hakeem Butler, Debo Samuel, guys like that are going to be available in the second round. Why would you pay Golden Tate, you know, 8 or 10 million right. a year or whatever whatever his number might be at this point. Um so we're not we're not ready quite yet for rookie talk very soon I think, but I do think that's a good point. I'm going to stick at the wide receiver position for my next pick. And I I don't know, maybe this feels like a little bit of a reach, but uh, this is, this is a speed guy. I think there's a couple of teams that are going to be looking for a big play wide receiver, namely the Eagles. We already know for sure. They uh, have, have tried to fill that over the past year or two. I'm going to take Tyrell Williams, formerly of the Chargers. I think he has a potential. He has a chance to land in a nice spot and be that that deep threat. I can't believe you did that, and I didn't think I would ever get upset about getting sniped in this ridiculous free agent <laughs> draft exercise. But I was like, "There's no way anybody's going to take Tyrell that high." I had him all queued up. In fact, I almost took him over Tyron. Um, but no, I like that landing spot. I also really like. Uh, tell me what you think about this. I think I like Carolina quite a bit. You know, no more Devin Funches. He's gone. And, I, I, I mean, he, they have no size there anymore. They have DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and, of course, McCaffrey out of the backfield. But who's going to play that size speed role uh, on the outside? So I really like Tyrell to, to Carolina there. Yeah, that's one thing. And, I, I mean, I don't necessarily consider myself a big Tyrell Williams fan. I know there there are some out there. But that's the appealing thing for him in, in this type of exercise. And, and, of course, the way you transfer this to your dynasty leagues is – do we want to buy these guys before free agency? And and he's a guy because he's still relatively cheap. You can, uh, I would think you could buy him for a second rounder in most leagues. But there's so many landing spots, uh, so many landing spots for him that make sense and that could result in a nice value boost for him. Yeah, and and the other part of that is is, is are there a lot of landing spots where you say, oh no. That doesn't sound good. You know, maybe lands in New York with the Jets or uh, maybe Jacksonville or, or something like that. And suddenly you say, man, that that didn't help him. Uh, but it, it seems like the list of, of teams that would help a guy, a tall, lanky guy that can run and, and make big plays down the field, the list of those te- teams that could use him far outweighs the teams that are, are negative. So maybe you made a good point there by... by this is the time to try to get Williams on your team. I just don't want him to go to Oakland. Can we, can we just agree not to send Tyrell to Oakland? Seems like a fit. <laughs> seems, seems like their prototypical guy. It's, yeah. it's, it's kind of surprising like how many teams could use a wide receiver. I was going through this, and I counted 13 uh, just on a, on a first glance that I think could use a wide receiver. And we talk about how in, in Dynasty there's, there's just a glut of these wide receivers, and not necessarily the elite ones, but there's a million wide receiver threes, right, um, at least for fantasy purposes. But there still seems to be a lot of teams out there that could use one. Um, so I'm going to go go ahead and take my next pick here, whatever number. What are we on, eight, yep, six, eight. seven, eight? Eighth overall. I'm going to go I'm gonna go back to receiver also, John Brown. Ah. And uh, – the, <laughs> it was him or Tyrell, Dan. So blame blame Ryan here. 
Uh, John Brown, I, I kind of like him in Tennessee. What do you guys think about that? You know, they don't really have the outside guy. The second guy, I guess, is is still uh, uh, Taewon Taylor. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I like him, but is he going to play outside there? I mean, I, I guess he can. I guess they're kind of the same guy, but I don't know. It, it just feels like John Brown would be a good fit there. I have no analysis about why other than they need an outside speed guy, and I don't know if they really have that across from, uh, of course, Corey Davis there. Well, Dan said this with the – with the Tyrell discussion, are there teams where, you know, you would be upset if, if that player landed there? And I mean, Tennessee might be one, right? I'm not confident. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. I'm not confident with the Tennessee offense. I, I kind of put a poll about this on Twitter the other day. Do you want Josh Allen's wide receivers or do you want Lamar Jackson's wide receivers? And uh, I mean, the overall answer is we don't want either one of those. So whether we're talking about these free agents or this incoming rookie class, if if one of these guys lands with the Bills, the Ravens, uh, the Titans would be another. That's that's not a, a you know that's not a situation I want to chase in general. Washington would be in there. Miami would be in there. Of course, we don't know exactly what they're doing at quarterback yet uh jacksonville as well so there's a lot of situations that i could see whether it's these free agent receivers who already have kind of shaky value anyway or these incoming rookie wideouts i think it could hurt the value of any of those guys yeah and i think it's probably likely to hurt hurt a lot of those guys in in those places that you mentioned i was thinking the same thing about the titans and it and it all goes back to the quarterback that it's just hard to find find a lot of faith in that quarterback to take any any receiver to the next level and, and make him better and, and push the ball down the field and all the things we look for as dynasty owners. So so I'm with you on that. Um, as far as those landing spots, man, I just did the same exercise, Matt. Went through the teams real quickly, and it's easy to get into the teens on the amount of teams that need a receiver, and I guess us as dynasty owners because there's – so many in the draft, and because there is a little bit of talent in free agency, there's the potential for these spikes in value. That puts me on the clock at nine, and I am sick to my stomach because I thought I was going to get John Brown. Uh, I guess it's kind of disgusting to say so, but I'm going to go to tight end, and I'm going to take Jared Cook with this pick. Uh, and and mo- more than anything is because there is there are some big needs uh, throughout the league at tight end, and he's the obvious top guy at the position. Um, there's there's a couple other potential uh, tight ends to make an impact, but it seems like Cook is the one that sticks out. Um, you know, the biggest need tight end, needed tight end in the league is in New Orleans. It seems like that's the missing piece in that offense, that they could use a field stretcher, a guy to play that role in the middle of the field to help out Drew Brees. So I'm going to say... New Orleans as the prime spot or the best potential spot. I think we could say that about any tight end that is available this off season, whether it be a rookie or a free agent. Yeah. We've, we've kind of had that conversation for the past year or two. Just give me, give me whichever tight end lands in new Orleans. And they continue just to kind of roll with these unknown guys or underrated guys. And it, it just hasn't, hasn't really panned out yet, but uh, now with with Watson retiring, you think they're going to have to make some type of move. And if it is a guy like Cook or if it's one of these rookies that uh, people are already excited about, then the value would just go crazy. 
Yeah, I think the Saints are, are like you said, the best landing spot. I also think Jacksonville is kind of interesting there uh, as a potential spot for for any of these tight ends, really. But yeah, I think you said it. New Orleans is the prime spot. We've been chasing that for ever since Jimmy Graham left, yep. really. From from uh, yeah, from for all of these guys. But I, I know Watson was a lot of people's favorite uh, a favorite sleeper for a lot of guys last year, and didn't it worked out okay? I guess as as, as well as any other like tight end two late late tight end one really worked out. Yeah, and there are a lot of at least nice looking potential landing spots for tight ends this off season. Uh, the Cowboys, they have a need, obviously the lions haven't used the tight end position quite like they probably could. The Packers could use a guy depending on what happens with what they have on the roster. Broncos, Bengals, Raiders, uh, they lost cook. Of course, Seattle could use somebody. You mentioned the Jaguars, the Texans, the bills, you know, the list goes on and on. So, um, there are good landing spots. It's obvious that the Saints stick out more you, than any others, though. You mentioned Dallas, but I, I think they have like seven tight ends, at least on their roster. And I really liked what I saw from Blake Jarwin last year. So at least down down the end, once once all the other ones got injured, I think Jeff Swain was like slated to be the starter. But once he went down, Blake Jarwin did really well. So I, I kind of like him as, as a cheap buy. I know, he's not, I know he's not part of this discussion, but he's someone I've been looking at more this offseason as a, as a cheap buy at the, at the position. So that leaves me on the clock once again at number 10 and staring at my list of players and not really liking what I see. Um, I'm going to go to the wide receiver position. You know what? I'm going to go back to tight end again. Nope. I'm going to go, I'm going to go to the wide receiver <laughs> position. <laughs> that Man, it's, it's, it's ugly. I, I'm going to take Cole Beasley, I guess. Uh, oh, another slot I- receiver. Um, you know, and this is purely on speculation that he finds a nice landing spot in an offense that uses a slot guy correctly. Um, there's a few places that kind of come to mind immediately. If, if he were to find his way to Indianapolis with the Colts and roam the middle of the field with Andrew Luck throwing the ball, uh, everybody seems to mention the Packers as a potential landing spot for Beasley as well to team up with Devontae Adams and, and, and play the middle of the field replacing Randall Cobb. Um, there's a few. There's a handful of places where it seems like Beasley could produce and, and catch four or five balls a game and and be that PPR guy that we don't mind sticking in our lineup in a flex spot. So I'll take Beasley here at number 10. I guess I don't have much to add. There's a couple of those slot-type receivers that, that I have above Beasley, but... I mean, the easy answer for him, obviously, is to just go to to go to uh, to New Orleans, or sorry, to New England, right? He's just going to be the next Wes Welker and Julie Edelman. That seems like the 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 path the path for Cole Beasley. Well, he'll be higher than ten on this <laughs> list if he lands in New England. Oh, <laughs> uh, Matt, you're on the clock. Matt, you're up at eleven. All right, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the guy that I thought you were gonna take, Dan. That's Jamison Crowder. I think I'd rather have him than Cole Beasley. Uh, I know he didn't do a whole lot last year, but the year before that, he he looked good. And I'm going to put him as a fit in Detroit. You know, they have, of course, Marvin Jones and Galladay on the outside, but I really like uh, a guy like Crowder. Uh, I guess you could even say any of these slot guys we've been talking about as going in and filling that slot role for them. Uh, they had Bruce Ellington there who put up some points for, for us uh, late, in the le- late in the season last year, but he's going to move on, it looks like. So uh, Crowder needs a new home, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put him in Detroit. I like the Detroit call, and, and I agree. I I prefer Crowder to Beasley, and I think there might even be one other slot type wide receiver that that I would prefer. I'm not going to take him here, though. Uh, I've got a couple of picks, 
And when you look at, at what's left, there's nobody left that's a for sure starter. Uh, I don't think, at least. Um, so I'm going to take a chance on a couple of running backs that I think uh, have, have, well, they've certainly been productive in the past. Uh, they have a chance to be productive again if they if they land in the right spot. I think both of them are going to be pretty cheap when it comes to their their free agent contracts, and they're certainly cheap in dynasty leagues right now. Uh, I'm going to start with Jay Ajayi, uh, who obviously just the injury issues have have sunk his value. This is a guy who was a second-round startup pick just a couple of seasons ago, and, and now he's uh, he's not quite waiver-wire fodder, but he's he's certainly lost the majority of his value. I don't, I don't get the feeling that he'll stay in Philadelphia, and, and that's probably for the best at this point. Uh, he, he once again needs, needs a little bit of a fresh start. Uh, have you guys given up on Ajay at this point? I still like Ajay. I just when I was looking at this list, I couldn't like I couldn't in my head find a landing spot for him. So I just have no idea where he's going to go and where he fits. Like he doesn't. It's it doesn't seem like there's an obvious fit from. And in general, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of teams that really need running backs. But uh, Ajay, Ajay especially, you know, considering causing trouble, whatever you want to say in Miami, and and then not really endearing himself to the Philadelphia staff. It just it's hard to find a spot for him. But I still like the player. Yeah, he he seems like the type and. Um, I mean, not the type of, of, of person, but th- at this point in his career could land in Oakland. Uh, that yeah, that's... seems like a, you know, they would, they would take a shot on that name and, and they certainly need help there. Marshawn Lynch is a free agent and uh, probably won't be back there. Uh, I'm going to take another running back. I'm actually probably should have taken this guy first. I'm more confident in him as a dynasty asset. Uh, I think he... His his NFL role is a little more uh, more well defined. Uh, T.J. Yeldon certainly is moving on from Jacksonville after the way he ended the season and got some criticism from uh, Tom Coughlin there. And and again, I think that's a, a, a good thing. I'm excited to see where he lands to be uh, the pass catcher or just the the overall backup to a starter. Dan, any comments on that? Otherwise, I'll just keep no, going. No, just go into fourteen. <laughs> okay, I don't really have any. I don't really have anything to say about <laughs> about about him uh, either. So I'll just I'll just go to fourteen. I'm gonna go back to quarterback. I'll take Teddy Bridgewater, and uh, you know, I, I still like him. I I, I, I would have liked it if Trubies had retired and he stayed in New Orleans, honestly. But that's obviously not going to happen. He's going to want to go get a job somewhere. So maybe he's the fit in Washington. If, if Foles doesn't end up there, you know, uh, I, th- I think New York is still a possibility. It does seem like they are locked into Haskins. You know, it's, it's really early in the process, but a lot of people think Haskins is going to New York. Um, but if not, maybe Bridgewater is a good fit there. And there's certainly enough talent on that team that I think he could be successful there. So I'll take Bridgewater here at whatever pick we're on. <laughs> That's pick 14. Matt, you'll have one more pick. We're going to go through 18 here. We'll see if we can squeeze out a few more names. That So I'll have a couple picks here, then Matt, then Ryan will close things off for us. With my two picks, and, you know, surprisingly, the list hasn't gotten any better <laughs> since we started this thing. Uh, <laughs> man, I, I, I still struggle. I, I struggled with the last pick. That was Cole Beasley. I was choosing between him and a handful of other receivers, maybe a tight end in that group that I'm not that thrilled about. Um, it seems like the group, to me, is is one running back and maybe a tight end and, and 
and a few wide receivers that were just throwing darts at. Uh, none of these guys necessarily are guys that I'm, I'm hoping to acquire right now. If there's one guy that sticks out maybe a little bit as having a little bit of upside because of his age and, and the glimpses of production that we've seen or the big plays that we've seen, and that's Dante Moncrief. He's only 25, and yeah, he, he struggled in Jacksonville. But do, who didn't really for the Jaguars last year? He signed that one-year contract, and it seemed like they threw him the ball Eight, eight or nine times a game, but he constantly came up with three or four catches for 40 yards and, and you know only scored the three touchdowns. So while he was underwhelming for, for sure in Jacksonville when we all or many of us had big expectations, I think of the group of players that's left here, Dante Moncrief seems like the guy that could take a step forward and become fantasy relevant again going forward. There's, a, there's actually a few guys left here that I I'm, I'm interested in where they where they go. Uh, I'll, I'm gonna leave one player on the board just in case Ryan wants to take him. <laughs> I'm not gonna take I'm not gonna take somebody from him just in case. Well, uh, I am. I do have an eye, Matt. And oh, you I'm, have another I'm pick. I'm still oh, on I'm the sorry. clock. I'm sorry, Dan. And, and I'm, I'm taking sorry, Randall Dan. Cobb just oh, so there Ryan you can't. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 it's not like he doesn't belong here because he's certainly part of this group. And should be talked about as, as having some kind of potential to, to maybe create some kind of value down the road. Um, but really, honestly, if you're looking for a better situation, I don't know if he, he's had, if there is another one that, that's better. Um, and I don't think anybody slammed the door shut publicly in Green Bay of Randall Cobb returning, but it does not seem likely at this point. So if we're looking for the potential for him to find somewhere that that he can flourish and and play that slot role and and kind of run those short to intermediate routes and and turn into a ball carrier afterwards. I look at Indianapolis, the Colts could use a slot guy. Um you know, the, I guess the list kind of goes on and on. Denver could use a guy that there's 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 plenty of places, but none of them really shine as brightly as Green Bay at their need at in the slot. So maybe he ends up back there uh, and and finds a little bit of, of magic, that youthful magic that he's had in the past uh, that he found in week one last year. But, you know, I'm going to take Cobb because he belongs here, not just his sniper, Ryan. <laughs> I was going to say, what do you think about Dallas for Cobb? You know, your boy Beasley is going to move on, of course. So so maybe that's a decent fit, uh, you know, in, in the middle with, sure. with Gallup and, and Cooper on the outside. Uh, all right, I'm gonna go. This is I, I might be reaching down the board a little bit, and he might not even leave Tampa. Uh, but I'm gonna say uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson. Uh, I'm gonna take him here, and I want him to go to a team like Baltimore because if there's one thing that we know Lamar Jackson can do in terms of throwing the ball, is throwing it downfield. So if they're gonna continue with this 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 running offense, however you want to however you want to call it, you know, based on running with Lamar Jackson and whatever running back ends up there, they're gonna want to take a few deep shots. And I think Deshaun Jackson still has the speed to get there. It's just always kind of seems like it's been a health issue with him as of late. Um, never really gelled with Jameis Winston, but you know maybe he maybe he comes back uh, with Bruce Arians there and. And, and is successful there. But if not, I think the Ravens are a pretty good spot for him. Well, I, you know, I was unsure about the rules for this. I thought <laughs> players that weren't free agents weren't. Oh, allowed. I'm sorry. So Go I'm ahead. going to change my Randall Cobb pick and take Antonio Brown. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought he was, I thought he qualified. <laughs> Cut all that out. I'll, I'll repick. No, that's gold, <laughs> Matt. That's gold. <laughs> 
Ryan, who do you want to bend the rules for at 18? Well, is, I don't know. Is, is Todd Gurley available? Saquon Barkley? <laughs> I didn't know. Wow. Um, no, I, I, I mean, we kid, Matt, but I think all indications are that DJX will be one of those uh, cap cuts that I mentioned earlier. So that of, of all of these potential free agents, players that are not on this list, but but probably will be soon. He seems like the one that's uh, the safest bet that he'll be he'll be leaving Tampa. The next the next choice just to follow the rules would have been Eifert, and again the landing spot would have been say uh, New Orleans. So if you want me to stay within the rules, we'll go Eifert. No, you know you bring up Jackson, and it it's a good thing to talk about for for our listeners because we're talking about a lot of names here, Matt, where you're not excited about adding them to your team, but if Deshaun Jackson is a free agent. And in, in the NFL, I mean, and maybe he's available in your league. Somebody says, hey, I'll, I'll throw him out there. First guy to give me a third round pick for Deshaun Jackson. Maybe that's something you're, you're willing to take if you're looking to throw a flyer and maybe he lands somewhere that that he can make an impact. Because even though he is one of those wide receivers that is getting up there in age, I think he's 31, about to turn, turn 32. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that one. Uh, but he still has those wheels and he still has the potential to get deep. And if that happens, uh, we all know what that can do for your fantasy team. And those big plays matter a lot. So uh, although it was cheating, Matt, we'll, we'll allow you cheat. <laughs> Ryan, who you got at 18? All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap this thing up. And again, the board is ugly. Uh, just to kind of run through some names here of kind of who's left. C.J. Anderson. Spencer Ware, we talked about Marshawn Lynch, Adrian Peterson, Latavius Murray. I'm not going with any of those running backs. Wide receiver is is really where you see some big names. And uh, a year ago or a couple of years ago, we would have been really excited about some of these players. And now they're going undrafted in, in this exercise. Devin Funchess, uh, Chris Hogan, Mike Wallace, Demarius Thomas, Des Bryant. You know, these are players that we may not even see – we may not see on the field again, especially in in Thomas and, and Des Bryant's case. I'm going to go to tight end. Uh, it worked really well for me chasing the backup tight end last year with Trey Burton. Dan, I think it was you that already talked earlier about the, the large number of teams that have a need at tight end. I'm going to take Demetrius Harris, the uh, Chiefs backup. He's I believe he's 27 years old, so he's... He's not a young player necessarily, but he uh, he's still certainly young enough to compete for a starting job, to uh, gain some dynasty value. And when you look at this list of teams that need tight ends, I think you, you guys ran through it already. Jacksonville and Detroit, Denver, Cincinnati, Green Bay, Pittsburgh. I think we'll see, we'll see if Vance McDonald continues to develop there and, and be a player that they can count on. But Houston... And then, of course, the gold mine would be, would be the Saints. So I'll go with Demetrius Harris to finish this off. Mister Irrelevant, indeed. <laughs> uh, we'll see if that you you dug deep uh, there, Ryan. I didn't I didn't have him on my list even, uh, but it's it's worth thinking about for sure. Matt, you mentioned Tyler Eifert. Also, Austin Safarian Jenkins is a free agent. Maybe there's something there. Jesse James, if he lands in the right spot. 
man, we're really digging deep if we're we're talking about these <laughs> these names. Uh, free agency starts in just under a month. It'll kick off on March 11th with the free tampering period uh, when all the news kind of hits. Although this list is underwhelming, guys, it seems, and you've mentioned it a couple times here, Ryan. There's going to be a couple drops. Some 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 players get released because their contracts are too big. There's probably going to be something that affects the dynasty landscape. If you had to say it, say something, and I, I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but what what's the thing that you're looking most forward to with free agency, whether it be some team signing a position, a specific player, learning where he's going to play? What What's the thing that matters the most to you, Ryan, as we watch free agency unfold? Well, beyond the, beyond the obvious Le'Veon Bell, uh, signing. I, th- I think it's just these other running backs. Uh, I think Coleman, Ingram, and, and even a guy like Jay Ajayi, these, these could all be, in, in Ingram and Coleman's case, almost certainly will be dynasty relevant, maybe even uh, fantasy starters on a weekly basis. So the landing spot for those guys, I think, is, is so important. We talked about how many teams need a tight end. Not that many teams need a running back or or have a major running back need. So when you look at um, you look at a class that's looking deeper and deeper every day, you know I'm I'm just really eager to see what happens with Ingram and Coleman. I also think neither one of those guys did themselves any favors in 2018. So they you know they probably hurt their value a little bit. For me, I think I know this isn't an IDP show, but it's I, the defensive talent that is available this offseason to me is the most exciting about point, point about free agency. We've got, of course, got Jadevi and Clowney, like you mentioned, uh, D Ford before we started recording. Dan, you know, uh, Demarcus Lawrence is out there, Frank Clark, Preston Smith, uh, Earl Thomas, uh, Domicon Sue is going to be a free agent. So I think there's a lot of a uh, lot of moving pieces on the defensive end. C.J. Mosley. So uh, that's where I'm going to be looking for. I'm hoping the Packers can get a couple of these guys that uh, you know actually put put forth a a, t- a defensive team that can stop somebody next year. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the defensive uh, landing spots as well. And I'll kind of go the same direction. Maybe it's not dynasty or fantasy relevant but how about the offensive linemen there's a couple of them that will potentially make an impact somewhere roger saffold uh the the guard for the rams is a free agent uh that center from the broncos whose name is flipping my mind i know he's a free agent as well and then trent brown from the patriots the offensive tackle he's out there too i think there's a couple more doing this off the top of my head wasn't a good decision uh but you know it seems like every year there's a team that that is an offensive lineman or two away from making a big change and that affects some fantasy running back or the passing game in some way uh you know the colts offensive line was a laughing stock and and a big free agent addition and an even bigger rookie added to that offensive line. And suddenly that offensive line is more than formidable. It's one, it's one of the better ones in the NFL and, and kind of helped that offense uh, and helped us as dynasty owners. So uh, hopefully this is at least seen as some kind of entertainment as a preview to NFL free agency and how it affects dynasty leagues. Uh, I think, Rookie drafts are on our minds. That's going to be the next coming topics over the next few weeks. So listeners, be ready for that. 
We appreciate you listening to the DLF Dynasty podcast. For Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. We'll catch you next again next week. <laughs>